Good evening to everyone and welcome to NMP Talk Show, the show that keeps you informed and well engaged with topics about mental health wellness. And we took a little bit of a break and we're happy that we are back this evening with you uh, to come and discuss topics that affect your mental health wellness. And uh, I'm not alone today. I'm with a special guest who's going to help us explore the myths that are out there that, um, you know, you can't really talk to registered counselors. Um, they're not qualified to help you with mental wellness issues. You know, maybe you can speak to psychiatrists or, or, or you know, professionals like those. But today we're going to hear a different story, why we can still speak to them, how trained are they. And to better explain that topic for us is Ms. Tozama Ngongi. Welcome to our show, uh, Sister. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Um, we've been meaning to have you on the show, and we're happy that <laughs> it finally happened, eh? So, yeah, we're talking about registered counselors, and, and you're one of those. You're a registered counselor, and uh, in your profession, you've been speaking to a lot of people, helping them with their mental health issues. And uh, the reason also we invited you today is to help expel the myths that uh, registered counselors, you know, are not that qualified. So what is your take on that? Well, registered counselors, uh, in order to qualify to be a registered counselor, you need to have a bachelor's degree in psychology and then do honors. And after you've done honors, you then write a board exam. When you pass the board exam, then HPCAs, SPCSA allows you to train as a registered counselor and to uh, operate a private practice. So they are qualified. It's not just people who do a short course and then they call themselves registered counselors. Okay. So it's really an intense uh, training that you go through, eh? Yes, and you have to do an internship for a year. Okay. Then after that internship, okay. you write a board exam. So that internship should be approved by HPCSA. Okay. So so we can rightfully say you are qualified. You've been approved. Yes. So I after the show, people can come to you and say, Sisto, um, I need your help. <laughs> Please you listen care. to me. Yes, <laughs> That's nice. So what is a, what is a registered counselor? I, I know you, you spoke about um, the, the training that you have to go through, the accreditation. What is a counselor? What well, is their purpose? The a registered counselor is to see people who have uh, issues in their lives or challenges. And uh, people assume that when you see a, a psychologist, you are mentally un unhealthy. But it's not like that. It's like just somebody who goes to see a doctor and then that person will get healed by the medication or whatever the doctor will say to that person. But with psychologists, it's actually a talk therapy. And uh, people have a difficult distinguishing between a psychiatrist and a psychologist. Can I just explain? Like myself. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so a psychiatrist is a, a, a professional who has trained as a medical doctor, but is an expert in the field of psychology. So he can prescribe medication, but a psychologist is not a medical doctor and cannot prescribe medication. So they are both uh, trained to identify medical issues and disorders. And so they are not the same, but at the same time, what they do complements each other because a person can see a psychiatrist and a psychologist at the same time. Hmm. Isn't that too much? You no, just need one or not, maybe the other because... It's not too much because, for example, <laughs> if I see a person and I realize that yeah. this person will need the expertise of a psychiatrist, hmm. then I'll refer hmm. this person to a psychiatrist so that the person can get medication. And at the same time, this oh. person will not stop coming to me because with me, the person will talk and we, we, we go deep into the challenges or issues that brought this challenge that she is uh, or he is currently facing at the moment. 
Okay. So is that the role that you play as a counselor? Yes. Okay. All right. So who who needs counseling? Well, um, <laughs> that, this is a, this is a, <laughs> this is a thing. Well, everybody needs a counselor, myself included. Ne? Because sometimes, even day-to-day -day, uh, things can be stressful. I'll just make something simple, like uh, uh, the person who, who has been married, uh, newlywed. So after the excitement of the wedding and the preparation of the wedding and then the honeymoon, when this uh, new wife uh, uh, moves away from, from the familiar surroundings, and comes back, maybe the person moves. I'll make an example of a wife and a, and, 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 a, and a husband. So if the new wife moves to the place where the husband is, maybe this place is away from where the husband stays. And then the person comes and stays here away from uh, families, away from friends, away from everything that uh, the person knows. And then that mm. adrenaline rush that she used to, that she had of preparation, preparing for preparation from for the wedding, and also the honeymoon drops, and then when that happens, the person feels so lonely because the husband is working, and the whole day she is at home, she is still struggling to find work in this new area. Sometimes the person becomes depressed, and everybody is wondering, this is a newlywed. Why is this person depressed? But when, when the person goes for counseling, then the counselor can dig deep and really find out that this is exactly what is happening. Because it's possible that even the owner, the person who's depressed, doesn't know why she's feeling that way. You, you know, you, you, you're talking about something very, um, for me, it's, it's something that I've never thought about you know, new new surroundings, new environment, and especially for a new couple that that, that is moving away from their familiar surroundings. Mm. And and I, I personally, I've seen uh, new wives, even husbands, struggling. Yes. You know, in their new marriage, mm. um, they're not coping very well. Mm. But you're thinking, guys, you just got married. This is it the honeymoon period. Why are you stressing? <laughs> and sometimes not thinking that mm. it could be the issue yes so whenever mm. an individual or a couple or a family is experiencing overwhelming uh, anxiety or stress due to several issues really mm. or challenges they will seek counseling mm. and these can vary from unemployment loss of business or income loss of a loved one or domestic violence or any kind of trauma just, just to mention a few things that people uh, deal with. Basically, anything that interrupts your status quo, whether it's negative or positive, can lead to a lot of stress and anxiety. Mm. So a trained professional then will allow you to verbalize the issues that you are going through. And without being judgmental, when, when you go to a counselor, it's a safe place where you can say whatever it is that you, you want to say. And you'll get the necessary coping skills to deal with those challenges. And uh, what, we, what people need to know, though, is that they need to be patient when they, they, they go for, for counseling because emotions do not go away overnight. So which means you cannot see a counselor once and say, this is not for me. Ne? Because emotions take time to set in and they take time again to be dealt with. Uh, you know, I'm also interested to hear from our audience um, if they, they really needed a counselor when they got married or they got into a new situation in their life. Um, please, if you do have that experience, uh, we'll be happy to hear from you. Please share it with us. And um, I'm also thinking as well, um, you also need a debriefing mm -hmm. as a person. Yeah. What is that? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a trauma counselor and also a formal debriefer. So okay. what happens with debriefing? An individual will need debriefing if this person has experienced trauma. This could be something unusual, unexpected or shocking. A person can experience trauma personally or vicariously. That means 
through actions of other people or imagining the trauma. Like maybe you you come in, in where there, is, there was a car accident and bodies are just lying there and that traumatized you. Ne? So you were not involved, but because mm. you saw it. And now whenever you see TV, people being involved in a car accident on TV, that, that trauma, you relieve that trauma again. So counseling is, I'm sorry, formal debriefing is done to prevent PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. For example, a trauma can be maybe robbery, burglary, hijacking, gunpoint robbery, or sexual assault or domestic violence, anything that is horrific. Natural disasters also can, can, can bring uh, uh, trauma to, to individuals. So when you go for formal debriefing, you actually present, prevent post-traumatic stress disorder. And formal debriefing, it's always good to do it from 24 hours to 72 hours. So it works better when it's like that because it's still fresh in your mind. You can, you can actually tell the counselor exactly what you experienced, exactly what happened. Mm. So before you, you try to sort it out in your mind, um, but not, no connection with your emotions. <laughs> I think there's a question in the chat I guess so. There's a question in the chat room. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Let's see. Um, Sino says, is it always necessary for a patient to see both counselor and a psychologist? It depends because, first of all, mm. I, call, I call them my clients. I don't call them patients. Why? Because if I say you are a patient, you automatically think you, you need to be hospitalized, you are, you are sick, you are what. But uh, counseling is done to ordinary people, just uh, uh, dealing with challenges that are, are just painful for them. Ne? So when you see, oh, it's sorry, counselor and psychiatrist. <laughs> so when you see a psychiatrist, as I said before, it, it could happen that what you are dealing with now needs medication to readjust your mind. But at the same time, you need to talk about what you are dealing with so that the medication and talk therapy work together and complement each other. And then that's how you will get well. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, if you have any questions, any comments, please, uh, you can raise your hand from Telegram. We do have also audience on um, Riverside, the platform that we're streaming live from. Um, you can use a chat uh, option there to send your questions or even comments. Um, if you want to relate your story too, please uh, let us know. Um, have you had any interactions with a registered counselor or are you needing one um, because you've, you've gone through a traumatic event or you've seen something traumatic and you need to talk with somebody. So we do have professionals that will also help us in that regard. And for the like of uh, Sister Zama Ngongi, um, she's a registered counselor and she'll be happy to, to help us. After the show, I will share the contacts on, on how you can reach her and also some emergency numbers that you, you may need um, in case um, there is an emergency that you want to contact somebody to talk to as a profession. Now, you, we talked about um, people who are needing counseling. So, and you mentioned um, a beautiful scenario where people are moving locations, you know, a new environment mm. that they're needing counseling. Are you getting a lot of clients coming to you um, not relating to the scenario that you've given? Maybe, for instance, they have uh, family issues, they have traumatic events that are coming to you, and uh, what seems to be the common thing, or the common thread between the board about this thing that really brings them to you? Yeah. I don't know if I'm, I'm complicating the question <laughs> there. Family issues, yes. And also, we know South Africa is high on gender-based violence. So sexual assault, yes. So those are common issues. Mm. And uh, family breakdown, especially after COVID-19, there's been a lot of uh, problems with families because 
you know, what I said is that whenever your status quo change, is it, am, I, am I pronouncing right? <laughs> whenever it change, you lose, yeah, status quo. <laughs> you lose that balance. For us to, to live normally healthy lives and happy lives, we need to have uh, equilibrium, sort of, in our lives. So whenever there's a tilt in our lives, we are not coping well. So depending on what is tilting us, sometimes you really cannot work uh, well at work or at home, depending on what is happening around you. And there could also be, all right, before, before I go to that, uh, would you have Mona Lisa on the chat? Um, if your child goes for counseling, do we as parents have, to have a right to know what was discussed between counselor and child? Very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> the, the parents, oh, is, is there a patient and yes, doctor yes, confidentiality yes, thing going yes, on there? Yes, there is confidentiality. And whenever parents want to talk about what we discussed with the child, I will not tell the parents the details of what we discussed with the child. In fact, I'll ask, I'm not a child psychologist, first of all, so I see older children. Né? So if I've discussed something with the child, and then I'll ask the child, what are you comfortable with if your mother comes in and asks me what we were talking about? Because what I usually say, I just say the counseling, our counseling session went well. I end there. So now I ask okay. the, the, the child, and the child will say, I'm not comfortable with ABC. So don't tell my parents about mm -hmm. ABC. So I will not divulge that, because then I'll be breaking the confidentiality of the child. And the child will not trust me again if she, she is going to come or he is going to come to me and disclose everything. And then I come to the parents and I tell the parents everything. So the child now will not open up to me when we meet again for a counseling session. Hmm. But now, yeah, now I, I hear you and I, I do understand it. But um, the parents have the responsibility to care for for the child. So, and if if this, something like that, a confidentiality mm -hmm. going on, how will they improve the situation at home uh, without them knowing exactly what is wrong with the child? Usually, if, if it's an under-age child, after you've done a counseling session, you, mm. you, you bring in the parents and you, you just advise the parents on how to deal with the child. You give them uh, pointers mm. on what to do. But you don't actually say, your child said this and this and that. Ne? Because you discuss with the, mm -hmm. with the child what the child is comfortable about what we are talking about. What can I t talk to your parents about? This? How, how about me saying this and this and this? So if the child is comfortable with that, and if the child is in danger, then you will tell the child that, look, I have to disclose this to your parents because of ABC. Hmm. Oh, then you are put in a, in a corner there, eh? As a professional. So the, 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 the person that uh, you are yeah. counseling must give you consent to divulge hmm. whatever information. Okay. But if you see... But you also yes, have, a responsibility have a responsibility as, uh, as an adult. Because if yeah. a person is a danger to himself or others, then you have to, to, to hmm. prevent that danger. Ethics, okay. ethics allow right. you to do that. So... So do you also um, have sessions where you go to schools? Because um, this is where now you see a lot of uh, things going on at school. Um, when we, we were still going to school, um, we, we did not experience things that are, are going on today where children are stabbing each other. You know, they bring guns at school. They shoot at each other. They, um, is there something that uh, maybe the council the board or maybe the government is doing uh, so that they can help children uh, deal with the issues or even to, to understand that they need to see a, a counselor. counselor. For, 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 for deeper thing. Each, each school, I think each school mm -hmm. has got a counselor that is affiliated with, with that school. 
I, I once went, I was, was called to a school where there was an incident and people needed trauma counseling. I mean, it's tra trauma debriefing. And I went there and I did the debriefing. Okay. Because when you do debriefing, it's not like counseling. A debriefing, you do it once, and then after two weeks, you come back and check how your, 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 your clients are feeling after, after two weeks. Mm -hmm. Then if you see after two weeks that there's some who are not coping well, then that's when gang will go, you, you, sorry, that's when then you suggest uh, that they start uh, uh, coming to you for counseling sessions. Right, that, that makes sense. Okay, maybe another question for you. Um, from Sinose, she says, the, what age group do you see as a counselor? I prefer to see uh, at grade 10, 11, and 12 upwards. But if I'm okay. counseling a family, a family unit, then I'm open to see all the children uh, that are there in the family because it helps them if they are being seen by someone, by, by, by one person, instead of different counselors. And if- So you have a session with both as a family or individually? In the family? I, I have a, a session with them individually okay. and then whatever concerns that are there, I'll just, I'll, I'll just uh, relate to the mother as I've explained earlier. But at the same time, when I see that mm. the, 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 the problem that these children are having, they need a child psychologist, then I'll refer them to a child psychologist. So, so let's, let's skip to um, the workforce, not, not the workforce necessarily, um, for lack of a better word, uh, the workplace, yes. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. Um, because it's also happening in the workplaces where uh, counselors are really needed. Um, people are going under stress because of workload or work conditions, or even there there are problems back home. But then they're bringing them to to work. Um, how does counseling help these ones from from a work perspective most workplace they've got an employee wellness uh, therapy that uh, they have most of mm. them they have uh, psychologists that are affiliated with them so they will put you in their database okay. and whenever someone in their work needs uh, counseling they will then call you and arrange uh, you to conduct them and uh, do counseling session sessions with them And, and, and some you know, I really appreciated. They actually mm. pay for for their their workers to come for counseling sessions. Okay, well, that's that's good. That's that's something that I also appreciated when I, I used to work full time. Um, we were even given a a toll free number to call in. You know, when you have issues, you know, you want to discuss about work, about your 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 family, about life, anything else. Uh, sort of like a, an emergency number to, to call upon when you're stressed. Now, that leads me to another question. What is the impact of stress and anxiety that you have um, come to notice when you, you're giving counseling? Well, stress is, in, is an internal reaction external stressor or stressors. Né? So what stresses an individual might not stress another individual. So we stress about various things in our lives for, and that is normal. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, what we exp when we experience stress, that is stress that is overwhelming, unhealthy stress, if I might put it that way, then our bodies go through fear and when you experience this, there are three things that you do. You freeze, you fight, or flight. What does that mean? I'm making an example. For example, when you see a snake, what do you do? There are three things that you do. Your adrenaline that is pouring <laughs> in your body will yeah. give you time to run. Yeah. You can run. That is a, a flight. Are you or you can fight meaning you deal with yeah. the snake or you can just freeze 
because you don't know what to do. So those are things that, that you do when you stress. So what happens to our bodies, as I've spoken about adrenaline, so our the, the adrenaline pours into our bodies and we deal with this adrenaline by fighting or running. Ne? So when you've got an unhealthy stress, it's when this adrenaline is pouring in your body and then you don't do anything about it. That is, you are not in front of something that, is, uh, that you fear, but you are stressed about something. Then the adrenaline keeps pouring in your body and then it makes you sick. Or if you've got an illness that you have already, it will alter that illness or make it worse. So when one is, is confronted with a highly demanding stressor, one becomes overwhelmed by that stressor. And at work or at home, the person begins to be disorganized or ineffective or less productive. And also, it's the same with anxiety, in fact. It's fine to be anxious about something that is going to, to, to pass after a short time. For example, being anxious when you are going to write an exam or being anxious when you are going to, for an interview. Because what happens to your body when you are stressed? Your heart starts pounding. You are sweating. You also have uh, uh, headaches or your tummy is running. So no one can, can have that kind of, of, of situation happening in their bodies continually. So obviously you are going to get sick. So now when that happens, then you need to, when you, you realize that you are always anxious, you are, you are, you've got this thing that is stressing you, you can't sleep, you don't have, you, you are lacking appetite, you are just not yourself. Then that's when now most people will decide that, look, let me go and see a, a counselor or let me go to a doctor and a doctor will refer you to, to a counselor. Right, thank you for that. So as you 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 explaining that uh, stress and the things that are, you know, you always see a situation mm. that gives you stress. What came to my mind is um, two professions that I'm re I'm really worried about. You know, the police and the nurse, the nurses. You know, including the doctors. Yes. I, I do they. Do they go for counselling? Is then um, well, you know, um, with, with police, with, yeah, with police, yeah, that is APS and yeah. other other department of police. I know yeah. for a fact because I did my internship at, at SAPS. They do have an employee wellness okay. uh, program, but members mm. are reluctant to go for counselling because it's it's our patriotic mm. society that we live in that men do not cry. Yeah. So because of that, and also the fact that they, they, they have got, they, there was this thing at SAPS that if you go for, for counseling, you won't be promoted. But it's, it's, it's a chicken and egg situation in the sense that when somebody is promoted, there's a lot of demand that is needed to you when you get a promotion. So if you are going through a traumatic situation, then it will take a, a, a lot of uh, uh, time and also it will stress you time. more. You are already stressed, you are already seeing a counselor. So until you stabilize, then, then you get that promotion. So they would seriously suffer in silence and not go for counseling because they feel that, yo, if I'm known that I'm going for counseling, then I won't get, I don't, won't get promotion. Which, which to me is, is not healthy because your health is at stake. And we've seen so many police committing suicides, sometimes killing themselves and their families because they do not deal with their stress uh, situation or whatever challenges that they are going through. And yet in each and, and every police department, there is an employee wellness program. You know, another thing that, that I'm asking this question is the other day I was traveling with my wife and uh, on the highway, I was driving on, on the fast lane. Um, and, and then I see the Metro Corp 
the car is facing me, but it's standing, it's stationary on, on, mm. on, on the highway with the lights on. So, you know, uh, obviously we'll slow down and then you know, swerve and change lanes. And I see a body lying on the floor. And, and, and as I'm passing there, for me, it's mm. kind of traumatic. And, and usually if, if something like this happens, I would say to mm. my wife, please don't look, you know. Don't look at what's happening. I'll tell you if you want to know, mm-hmm. but don't look. Because knowing that you always carry this this mm-hmm. this image in your brain uh, of somebody who died. And some accidents mm-hmm. are horrific. Your your members are dis- dismantled, uh, dismembered, and, and, and it's not a thought that you want to carry all along. So, so hence I'm saying, do they get training or, or counseling for, for all of that? Because I, I cannot imagine it's an easy thing, you know, to be a, mm. a, a police, let alone um, a nurse or a doctor um, that so has it, to deal with that. So we do have a question there. Um, all right, um, Hilda, I'll unmute you, but let me, let's give our, our guest uh, an opportunity to answer this, and then we'll come back to you. So, so with, with police, whenever they have experienced a brutal or a traumatic scene, it's mandatory that they must go for debriefing. So they do go, they do go for debriefing. Okay. As I said to you, that after two weeks, they must go back to the debriefer so that they are checked whether they need counseling or not. Mm. When they come back after that two weeks, they will seriously tell you that I don't need counseling. I don't need counseling. And they will close up. Because some of them, they don't want to go for counselling. But there are those who do go for counselling. So they are supposed to, to go for debriefing. So whenever there's a traumatic accident, scene or incident that they've experienced, they, it's mandatory mm. that they go for debriefing. Sure. Yeah. All right, Hilda, you can shoot. Can I meet yourself? It's not a question. I actually pressed by mistake. My apologies. Okay, no problem. Uh, we do have another question there on the chat. Yeah. Do counselors go for counseling <laughs> to offload the emotional load from hearing about the difficulties of others? Yeah, Tabata. Yeah, that's my question as well. <laughs> to me, by the time I became a counselor, <laughs> I was already a professional nurse. So... Uh, other counsellors, we used to come and sit together and then offload, uh, just discussing what we've experienced, uh, when we've experienced something. But to me, because I was a professional nurse already when I became a counsellor, to me, literally, I was so immune to everything that I was hearing because I was, I was used to this situation already. But other counsellors who, 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 who just uh, studied psychology from scratch, they were really traumatized by things that they hear and see. And I, I was so good with them when I was working in SAPS, telling them how to, to, to deal with such situations. So they do, we do come together and discuss what, what we've, we've seen. If, if it's traumatic, then we, you go to another counselor and say, my sis, come, let's have a session, or fellow counselor, let's have a session. <laughs> And then you have a session just to, 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 to be okay. Because in order for you to be, to be okay to do counseling, you also need to be okay yourself. For example, I'll make an example. If you've lost someone close, you must seriously cancel your counseling session because you won't be good to anybody because you are also not feeling well yourself. So you should postpone your counseling sessions you, when you know that you are not well. You said something there. You said something there. You said you were you were a yes, nurse before a you became a counselor. So you, yes. So you were immune yes. to such things. I, I think that's the mentality that um, other professionals do have, like like nurses, doctors, you know, because on a daily basis they see people with X on their heads, in the middle of their heads. Um, they see limbs cut, and they see blood everywhere. And they get immune to that, and then for for that reason, they 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 seem to not want to go for counselling yes, because of that. Do you think yes, that's a problem? Yes, but at the same time, when you when you are not coping well, 
then your supervisor will mm. tell you mm. to go for counseling. Because when, when, okay. when so at least there is somebody looking. What happens is that you are not productive, and people mm. can see that you are not your usual self. Mm. And you can also mm. feel that I'm not okay. my usual self. So then that's the time now to go for help, for professional help. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, we, we do have a hand. Sistandi, uh, welcome to the show too. Uh, you can unmute yourself. Sistandi, uh, you can unmute yourself there. All right. While we're waiting for Sistandi to unmute, um, we do have another question. Can there. you hear me now? Oh, yes. Now we can hear you, Sistandi. Yes, thank you very much, Josama. Thank you for the input. I would like to ask, um, do counselors, I won't say psychologists because I'm a counselor, do they become biased at some stage? <laughs> we are trained not to be biased. But I'm telling you, there is a bias in the sense that <laughs> how you grew up will affect how, how you, you see things. But there is a, when you are studying to be a counselor or a psychologist, you are told, you are, you are taught not to be biased. But somehow bias comes in. So you, as, a, as a counselor, you shouldn't allow that to, to, to come in. In fact, when you feel that you cannot counsel a person, on that first session that you have with a person, you must uh, differentiate whether this person, are you able to help this person or are you going to refer this person? Mm. Yeah, thank you for your, for your precise uh, res your response because um, it's not a research, but I personally and other health professionals have um, noticed that there are psychologists, psychiatrists, and counselors who become biased because, for example, if um, the father takes uh, their son to a counselor or to the psychiatrist, maybe the father is. Uh... I lost. I lost there. I yeah. Uh, we also lost it. Are you still there, Sistani? I see your name there, but I think your internet is. Acting up. Okay, while, while we, we try to have a back to to uh, complete the question, we do have another question, Sino, on the chat. Um, how did you experience as a professional nurse prepare you uh, for being a registered trauma well, counselor? Uh, the, the information that I received as a professional nurse made it easier for me to transition into psychology because already I was, uh, I had learned about anatomy and about uh, most of the, of the curriculum in the psychology field. So to me, most of the things were not new. So it, it was not as difficult for me as it is difficult for somebody who's just uh, doing psychology from scratch. So it really helped me. And also, when uh, I was also involved with pre and post uh, HIV counseling when I was a professional nurse. So when I, when I studied psychology, for me, I had that information already. And also the fact that I knew most of the illnesses because sometimes a, a person, a patient or a, will go to a doctor and the person is diagnosed with just ordinary things like high blood pressure, that is uh, uh, hypertension, or diabetes. And then the person is in denial and the person doesn't take medication because the person is in denial. So when that person comes to me and say, the doctor referred that person to me and say, this person has got an uncontrolled blood pressure, we've been giving him medication, but the medication is not doing anything. I'm, th I'm thinking there's something stressing this person. So I'm able now to, to talk with this person knowing exactly what high blood pressure is and what high blood pressure is doing to this person's health. And then I'm able now to advise that person better 
than a psychologist who has not done uh, the medical field like I have. Thank you for that. Uh, I think, Sino, hopefully your answer has been, um, your question has been answered. Another question from Sharon. How does one know it's time to ask for help? You know, uh, before you go on to that, Sister, um, mm. I actually made a note here <laughs> to ask the same question. And, 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 and how I did it is um, in a form of parents. How do they know that their child needs for, help? For, for <laughs> but but we, we, we can we can take it okay. with Sharon's First angle. First of all, it's fine. parents will know when the child is not okay. The behavior of the child and also at school, they will tell you when the child is not okay. And they will be the ones who said, we think you should refer to an occupational therapist, to a psychologist, to, to whatever. It's usually the, the teachers and the parents themselves who see that there's something wrong with their child. Because when a child is stressed, the child will not enjoy the activities that he usually enjoys and also the appetite as well. And the sleeping pattern will change. Because when, when somebody is stressed or depressed, or the, the, those changes start to happen. The person will, will have loss of appetite or the person will eat a lot. The person will have lack of sleep or the person will sleep a lot. So the, those changes are easy to, to see. And also with you as an adult, when you see that I'm now disorganized, I can't focus at work, uh, and I, 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 my productivity is low, and you can't sleep, you are not eating well, or you are overeating, all those things are changes that happen in your, happens in your body when you are going through stress or, or unhealthy stress and unhealthy anxiety. I don't know if I've, I've answered Sharon. By the way, thank you so much, guys, for the questions. Yes, please keep them coming. Uh, we're also looking forward to, to hearing um, uh, comments from, from uh, Telegram as well. Now, um, Sister, <laughs> what is depression? You know, with depression, people say, I'm depressed. You know, this is depressing. But actually, clinical depression mm. is actually a serious illness. And uh, I always tell people that I talk to who are close to me that uh, mild depression is easy to be reversed than major depression or deep depression. Why? Why am I saying that? Because as I said before, when you feel that you are not okay, you used to like uh, certain activities, but all of a sudden you are not interested in them. You have lack of appetite or you are overeating. And when you go to work, you come to work and you want to sleep again and you have slept the previous night. Or you are literally not sleeping at night. You have insomnia, which is lack of sleep. You sleep early hours or two hours and you do want to sleep, but you can't sleep. So obviously there's something wrong with you. And uh, there is a problem that, uh, or challenge or issue that you are always thinking about it 24-7. Then you must know that there is something wrong with you. So if that is the case, you can go for counseling and then get help. But when you get to major depression, it's, it's a different issue in the sense that people with, with deep depression or major depression, they say, they feel like they are in a black hole and there is no light in that black hole. So when that happens now, this situation, as you remember I said, adrenaline is pouring in your body and your body is, is being altered by this situation, these hormones that are pouring in your body. So when that happens now, you need the help of a psychiatrist. So a psychologist and a psychiatrist now work together to, to, for, for your own well-being to get help for you because you'll go and get medication that will alter the situation that is happening in your brain now from the psychiatrist and at the same time talk therapy will help you talk about whatever it is that uh, issue or challenge that you are going through that is troubling you so in that way you will get help that 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 way and uh, it's it's a uh, depression is so common 
nowadays uh, a lot of people are depressed as uh, again i'm going to talk about our financial situation and also covid 19. as you know people lost businesses during covid 19 others they they, they became unemployed others they they separated with their partners others got divorced and uh, there was also a change when this happened children were taken from private schools to public schools and uh, some something that was also in the news today is that uh, because of the, the the economic situation adult ch adult children are moving back with their parents because of the economy that that is uh, difficult nowadays so you can see that all those things are bringing uh, mental health to the fore because those are challenges that are going to affect the person who have moved back because you were so used to being independent and all of a sudden now you are coming back under your parents roof and your parents are going to set their own rules on you and you are you are thinking i'm an adult but as long as you are under uh, your parents roof you are still a child to them mm -hmm. So it's quite a challenge, and it will be a challenge that might lead to mental issues. Here's, a, here's another question for you. Um, how can registered counselors help overcome this stigma and promote accessibility to mental health services? Because like you said, we, we in the culture of men don't cry, um, I don't want I don't want people to know that I'm weak. You know, somehow I can't tell my issues. Um, the life of Instagram uh, shows me as somebody who's you know uh, doing very well. You know, affluent, mm. but but I'm dying inside. How can you, uh, as counselors, all, help? We need to take out the stigma that. Uh, when you go for counseling, you are mentally, you are, you are mad. Let me put it that way. Because psychosis, mm -hmm. madness is called psychosis. So psychosis is, is treated in the psychiatric hospitals where people need medication, to take medication regularly. And even then, the moment that medication stabilizes your brain, you, you are able to function well. So and, and again, what the men need to know is that when you go for, for counseling, we are bound by the ethics of our body, the HPCSA, and there's confidentiality there. And also, when you go for counseling, it's a safe environment. And when people go for counseling, they must be honest with their counselor. Because if you are not honest when you are telling me your problems, you tell them half-half, I won't be able to help you thoroughly because I don't know the whole story. You are, you are keeping that story to yourself. You are not opening up. So when you go for counseling, it is a safe environment. So, and I'm not going to judge you. It's not a, an environment where the counselor is going to be judgmental, but I will be able to assist you, but you need to be honest and be open with me and tell me everything uh, when I ask you what your issues are. Just, just be open and tell me everything. So I think it's, it, 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 platforms like these, like now, where I'm, I'm in your show, Brana, these are the platforms that are needed for people to, to get to know that counseling is for everyone, all of us. I think there's a question as well, again. Sure. Yeah, yeah, there's two questions. Um, before we get to the chats, uh, let's go to Telegram. Hilda, you can unmute yourself there. I want to ask this. I once attended a, a counseling with one lady. That's when I was in school, high school. And this lady asked me to draw a person. And I asked why. Because I don't know how to draw. I don't even want to draw. But she was so persistent. Now, I want to know why do you guys want us to draw something? What do you see in the drawing? I think she... Thank you so much. Thanks I for think the question. she wanted to know what was in your mind because sometimes you see uh, the situation of a person, especially a child, what's wrong with, with the family because of the drawing. Because if you ask a child, can you draw me your family? It doesn't matter whether your drawing is good or bad. And the person will draw mother uh, and two sisters. 
and you asked, you drove drawn your mother, where is your father? And then the, that's, how you, that's how the child opens up and tells you, oh, I don't know my father, or my father is never at home, or whatever. And then the child is open up, opening up like that. Maybe that lady wanted you to open up when, when, when she wanted you to draw. I've never asked an adult to draw, because usually adults are able to, to tell us uh, what's wrong with them or what they are experiencing. And the question there as well. I hope I've answered you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the question. Yeah. Thank you so much. No, you've answered me. And that was the last time she told me, me because I never went back. Again. When you go to a counselor <laughs> and you feel that that counselor didn't address your issues, you should not stop going for counseling. You must find a counselor that is a best fit for you. Just like when you go for doctor shopping, if you are moving to a new place, you, you shop for doctors and you look for a doctor that will resonate with you. And you don't stop going to doctors because you met a doctor that was rude or that didn't understand you. You find a doctor that really understands you. So I think it's the same with counseling. You must find a counselor that will be able to, to resonate with you, that will be able to answer you and, uh, and, and you'll also feel comfortable with that counselor. The, the question there, thank you, thank you. All right. Thank you. The question now reads, yeah, thank you, Hilda, for the, the, the question. Um, Sharon asks, how do we as families and friends support and help those suffering from deep depression or any mental how health the, issue? How the, the, the families and also relatives can support the person is treating the, the, the person normally and also listening to the person when the person wants to talk. Because there's a stigma, the moment you go to, a, you are admitted to a psychiatrist, when you come out, people say, oh, that one is Google. I don't know if they use that word that you are met. But uh, <laughs> when you go for, for, <laughs> to a psychiatric ward or to any other mental health facility, you are going there to be helped and it doesn't mean that you are now mad, but uh, it's because at that particular moment, as I said earlier, that uh, we need an equilibrium and a balance in our lives. So whenever there's a tilt, then we, we suffer for, from mental issues. So you can help the person by being a, a good listener to the person and also not treating that person as if now she has got a low, a low, uh, uh, I do or something, because this person was uh, having a challenge at that particular moment, but now the person has stabilized. So this, this stigma that whenever a person goes for counseling or for going to a mental hospital or a psychiatry for consultation, then the people treat, uh, treat that person as if now this person is, is no longer a, a normal uh, human being. I don't know if I've answered. <laughs> you know, I wish this. I, I think you have answered the question, and and, and I, I I wish this can be normalized. You know, especially in the early stages of of schooling, um, that there's such a thing as as counselling, and, and like you're saying, mm. uh, it's a stigma that that needs to be broken. But another thing that comes to my mind is affordability. Because when somebody is depressed or is stressing mm. about uh, financial issues, now thinking about going to a counselor and they, they need to, to pay the counselor is another uh, you know, financial burden. So is, is counseling expensive or does it matter where you go? Where you go? It depends because if How you can are you going help to a private uh, counselor <laughs> like myself, of course, it will be expensive, but at the same time, the the hospitals mm. have got uh, that the, those facilities, and also there is also Lifeline, which is a free uh, mm. uh, phone call where uh, a lot of psychologists are registered there. So when you mm. call with whatever problem that you have, they'll be able to refer you to to a counselor. Those counselors uh, are free, and the the numbers that I've given you. Most of them are free. So when you call there, they, they will yes. be able to, to take you to a, a, a counselor 
that is uh, under government, uh, government councillors that are paid by the government that will be able to help you. All right. So here's the, here are the numbers if you want to write them down. Um, the lifeline that you can call is 011-728-1331. 011-728-1331. And this is SEDEC, South African Depression and Anxiety. Their SMS is 31393. 31393. Then you can send an SMS there. Or another SMS number is 32312. Now, now here's my question, uh, Mrs. This This SMS, what do you write on the SMS? Do you write the issue that you have and, and send it to this number? Or you just write, please you call write me or something? What, what do you type? because of ABC, whatever. I need counseling because I've been sexually assaulted. Oh, I need counselling okay. because uh, I, I have domestic violence or gender-based violence or whatever. You just write briefly so that at least they know what, where, how to refer you. Hmm. Yes. Okay, so then they will call you back. Okay, all right. And another number to call is 0800 222 or 0800-212-223 or 0800-7080-90. 0800-7080-90. And uh, the suicide helpline is 0800-567-567. 0800-567-567. So um, I'll share these numbers on the chats on, on Telegram. And also on the recorded, um, I also uh, share it on on screen so that you're able to um, to write the numbers down. But thank, thank you, you so much, uh, Sisto. I we really enjoyed. Thank you for all the questions. That music yeah. says to us we have come to the end of the show. You know, time flies. I mean, we we still have so much to talk about uh, regarding um, depression. You know. Um, trauma and you being a counselor how you can assist but how can people reach you um do you have a practice that they can come to or they have to call you online uh, how, how can they reach you i have a practice at midrand at blue hills mall there's a medical center there okay at, at blue hills i'm available on mondays and thursdays okay all right so we also share those details. And um, are you sharing your personal number or uh, office number? Yes. Yes, you can share my, my personal number. Okay. Okay. We'll also share that one too. So thank you so much for uh, coming to our show and explaining that. Maybe as a closing remark, um, anything that you'd like to, to advise to our audience there? I would uh, advise them to take care of their mental health and not to see it as a stigma because... Everyone experiences challenges in life because life can throw uh, curveballs on us, all of us. So when you are not dealing well with, with, your, with yourself, you must take care of your mental health because it's important for you to function and for you to, to, to work normally. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so Thank you so much. We want to thank everyone that uh, have sent their questions on the chat on Riverside. We do have uh, a show like this one every Monday at 6.30. And we also have another segment that um, you know we throw in every now and then. It's a book review. So if you know anyone who's an author and they would like to have their book reviewed, please contact us and then uh, we'll get in touch with them. We also thank you, uh, those that uh, have connected on Telegram, uh, we had a, a good number today coming in, and we thank you very much. The comments also, we really enjoyed them. We hope that this session has really helped you a lot, and we're going to share the numbers with you so that if you need further help, then you can contact her, or you can contact those numbers that I've shared um, during the show. My name is Naoma Rapedi, the host of NMP Talk Show, and this is how we're signing out. 